The following podcast is a live recording of a radio show first broadcast by Fresh FM with assistance from New Zealand On Air. Fresh FM is a community access media station based in Te Tauihu, the top of the South Island, New Zealand. Hello and welcome to John's Media Show, where we talk about media and other stuff. Now before I get started with my child's play 1988 film trivia, I'd like to give a shout out to any friends or family that may be tuning in to listen to me today, and I hope you enjoy the show. And for any new listeners that may be tuning in to listen to me today, I'd like to talk to you about How Critique Any Sort of Media. So How Critique Any Sort of Media is based on its entertainment value. I'll look at the pros and cons. If the pros outweigh the cons, it will get a high rating. If the cons outweigh the pros, it will get a low rating. If it's mediocre, the pros and cons will be about equal. I try and keep my reviews as spoiler-free as possible, but in some cases I do need to get a spoiler territory, since it may be a major part in my review. I'll give an estimated time of how long we'll be talking about the spoilers, so if you want to want the experience spoiled, don't get the experience spoiled. I have you two unique rating systems. The first is unique to whatever medium I'm critiquing. So for films, I use popcorns, because that's me what you eat when you go to the cinema. For video games, I use video game controllers, because that's me what you play video games with. And for TV shows, I use televisions, because that's me what you watch TV shows on. And the second rating system is, because I'm a film collector, more specifically on Blu-ray, or with digital iTunes HD, I use this as a helpful guide for any other media collectors that may be tuning in to listen to me today. So at the bottom we have to skip it. This is where whatever I'm critiquing has no entertainment value whatsoever, not even it's so bad it's good, like Batman and Robin, that you can laugh at how ridiculous some of the top everything is. Rented slash stream it is where, for example, if the film has come recently in cinemas, and I think it's good, but not good enough for you to warrant your money, time, or potentially fuel, depending on where your local cinema is. And you can wait three or four months for it to come out on DVD, Blu-ray, or streaming services such as Disney Plus or Netflix. Then I say, rent it slash stream it. See It Once is also using the same example where if the film's come recently in cinemas, and I think it's good, um, good enough for you to go see it once, and then be done with it, then I say see it once. But the highest honor is obviously to buy it on Blu-ray. This is where Water from Kentucky has great entertainment value, and you'll never get tired of watching or playing the video game. So now we're heading into Child's Play 1988 film trivia. So Chucky's full name, Charles Lee Ray, is derived from the names of notorious killers Charles Manson, Lee Harvey Oswell, who is the assassin of John um, John F. Kennedy, and James Earl Ray, assassin of Martin Luther King. Catherine Hicks, who plays Karen, who I'm pretty sure is Annie Barclay's... Um, mother in the first film and kevin yeager who is chucky's creator met on set and were married a year later the original working title for the film was batteries not included before it became known steven spielberg was also making a film with the same title it was then changed to blood buddy before settling on child's play the first draft of the script was completed in the summer of 1985 and referenced Chucky as Buddy, who came to life after mixing blood with Andy and killed those against Andy. Andy. For example, the babysitter and teacher. Manifesting Andy's loneliness and isolation from an overworked mother and absent father. In addition to being a more psychologically driven horror film, Buddy also only came alive at night when Annie was asleep. Many scenes from later sequels originated in this draft, like Annie's teacher's death and the climax set in the Toy Story, in the Toy Factory, Child's Play 2, ending with the blood mixing with the melted plastic that begins to swirl, Child's Play 3, 
and Annie's teenage babysitter getting electrocuted. Brighter Chucky. Uh, Buddy was supposed to have a pull string in his back to speak, and later when it was revealed he was alive, he would pull it further out of his back to the point where his voice deepens and tries to use the string to strangle Karen. All of Brad Dorff's voiceover work for Chucky was recorded in advance so they could match up Chucky's mouth with the words. Because of this, Dorff really ever appeared on set during the doll scenes. Instead, recordings of his voice would be played back for Alex Vincent to go by. Alex Vincent playing a young um, Andy Barkley. However, Dorff did act out the the doll's movements during her rehearsals as seen in the making of videos videos included with the DVD. Don Mancini explained that Chucky draws heavily from the My Buddy dolls. In my original script, he was originally called Buddy and we couldn't use it because of the My Buddy doll. The director went out, who funnily enough was named Tom Holland, I'm pretty sure, and got a My Buddy doll, a Reagan Ann, a Regany Andy in one of those life-size baby infants. What I told designer Kevin Yeager was I wanted something similar to a My Buddy doll. I described Buddy in my original script, now Chucky, as wearing red button overalls, red sneakers, striped sweater with red hair, blue eyes and freckles. Kevin went off and sketched many designs as Chucky until the final was picked. Jaeger then built the first doll from those sketches and my details. Despite his reputation as a hater of all things horror, Roger Ebert gave a positive review to this film. The story takes place in three days. Don Mancini has hyperbolically estimated that about around 50% of the finished film retains the concepts of the original script. New elements introduced by other writers inverted the voodoo mythology angle and the in the character of Eddie Caputo. One abounded concept was that one sign of Chucky turning more human the longer he spent in the doll was that the doll would grow stubble like Charles Lee Ray had when he was human. The only Chucky movie in the series to be just distributed by MGM until the 2019 remake. Every other Chucky movie is distributed by Universal, who have retained the rights to the previous sequels and the original versions of the characters and story. The scene when Andy is crying that Andy, well, that Chucky will come and kill him, the filmmakers had to make Alex Vincent cry on the camera by telling him, Alex, think of sad things. Think about your parents dying. Co-writer John Lafia, Lafia wrote his own draft after Don Mancini and was the one who thought of the name Chucky in his many catchphrases. John didn't like the idea of calling the doll Charles and felt it was a silly name to call a doll. Charlie sounded dated to him and went out, went out walking one day, the name Chuck popped up. Realizing it was a shorter na- nickname for Charles, he called him Chucky. Here is a blooper. Chucky is a rubber doll. Since there are no wires inside his body, he shouldn't be able to manipulate slash grasp items like he does. For example, knives, doorknobs, steering wheels, etc. According to an interview with Brad Dorff, his daughter Fiona, who was seven years old at the time, came into his recording room during a session. He was recording his scream of agony during the scene where Chucky gets set on fire in the fireplace. No one, not even him, knew that his daughter was in the room with him until she got scared by his screaming, then started crying. Chucky loses his right hand in each installment from the original trilogy. In the scene where Chucky gets lit on fire in the fireplace, it was actually Chucky's stunt double Ed Gale in a fireproof suit. Chucky, the notoriously iconic talking killer doll, isn't actually shown speaking anything until approximately 45 minutes into the film, just about half of the movie's runtime. 
In the last act where Chucky attacks Andy when he while he's alone at his home, you can see Chucky's hairline is starting to recede and look more human-like. When Karen threatens Chucky into coming alive, she says, I said talk to me or else I'm going to throw you in the fire, foreshadowing the ending when Annie sets Chucky on fire but it doesn't kill him. I'm John Scott, this is John's Media Show on Fish FM, and we're heading into a music break. And I'll see you after the break. that was Corey and Michael, composed by John Carpenter, Cody Carpenter, and Daniel Davies, from the film score of Halloween Ends. I'm John Scott, this is John's Media Show on Fresh FM, and we're heading back into a music break. And I'll see you after the break. Where Are You, composed by John Carpenter, Cody Carpenter, and Daniel Davies, from the film score of Halloween Ends. I'm John Scott, this is John's Media Show on Fresh FM, and we're heading back into a music break. And I'll see you after the break.
that was Laurie's Theme Ends. Composed by John Carpenter, Cody Carpenter, and Daniel Davies. From the film score of Halloween Ends. I'm John Scott, this is John's Media Show on Fish FM. And we're heading back into a music break. And I'll see you after the break. Halloween Kills main title composed by John Carpenter, Cody Carpenter and Daniel Davies from the film score of Halloween Kills.
And that was It Needs to Die, composed by John Carpenter, Cody Carpenter, and Daniel Davies, from the film score of Halloween Kills. And that was Unkillable, composed by John Carpenter, Cody Carpenter, and Daniel Davies, from the film score of Halloween Kills.
And that was Halloween Triumphant, composed by John Carpenter, Cody Carpenter, and Daniel Davies, from the film score of Halloween 2018. was Halloween Theme, composed by John Carpenter, Cody Carpenter, and Daniel Davies, from the film score of Halloween 2018.
And that was Michael Kills Again. Composed by John Carpenter, Cody Carpenter, and Daniel Davies. From the film score of Halloween 2018. that was main title composed by Danny Elfman from the film score of Spider-Man 2002 
and that was Alone, composed by Danny Elfman from the film score of Spider-Man 2002. Welcome back to John's Media Show, where we'll talk about media and other stuff. Now, unfortunately, that's all the time we have for this session today, but I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in to listen to me today, because otherwise it'd just be in a room filled with computers, a control panel, speaking into a microphone, all by myself. If you'd like me to critique anything, please go to freshfm.net, we can go to a Facebook page, and leave me a post via the visitors' posts, with your recommendation and the hashtag John's Media Show. If I pick a recommendation, I will give a shout out to whoever did so. I hope you've all had a wonderful day at school and or work, and I'll hopefully see you all next time. I'm John Scott, this is John's Media Show on Fresh FM, and I'll hopefully see you all next week. Bye bye. The podcast you just listened to was a live recording of a radio show, first broadcast on Fresh FM, the top of the South's community access media station, with support from New Zealand On Air. The funding of Access Media makes these podcasts possible. To find similar programs by other community access media stations, go online to accessmedia.nz. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website freshfm.net for our contact details.